to Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you will be blessed by this message from Senior Leader Marty Manuel. I want to talk today on purpose and provision. Purpose and provision. I have noticed a phenomena in the world today, I would say maybe in the West, because this may not be a developing nation problem, but particularly in the West, let's say Australia, let's say Adelaide, um, you know, to sort of uh, drill it down to our local region, that these two things, our purpose and our provision, often seem to be areas of frustration for us, areas of uh, seeking breakthrough, seeking the Lord's heart and what he desires us to do. So we've got a lot of questions around our purpose and provision for the purpose. And these two things seem to elude a lot of people. I don't know about you, but um, there are seasons of life where it tends to go on and on and on and on. And you think that you've missed the train. And your purpose and the provision for the purpose is completely non-existent. And so you really begin to give up. You begin to fold, if you like. You begin to just think, well... It's, it's worked for other people. That didn't work for me, especially if you've got on a few new trains at various times. You know, maybe a, maybe a book or a speaker or something's stirred up your faith or stirred up your belief or, or got you thinking again. And so you've jumped on that train, but it didn't work. So you jumped off disappointed and you end up wishing you never jumped on in the first place. And a few years later, you do it again, and then you do it again. And once you've done that cycle a few times, you tend to become pretty disillusioned with any new thing of breakthrough and releasing uh, a fresh word or a fresh faith, a fresh atmosphere of believing again. And I've felt this on my heart for quite a while, and it may just be for a few, but for a few of us to hear the words, believe again, believe again and see again, and hear again. And, and this is a theme that I want to just explore today under the title of Purpose and Provision. I'll start in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, and I've been dwelling on this for quite a while. In fact, I've quoted this scripture uh, quite a lot over the last you know, few months. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, and this is a really important verse. The purposes of a man's heart, or a person's heart, are deep waters. But one who has insight draws them out. I was—I um, posted it this morning on Facebook for those of you who like Facebook. I was at Hallett Cove Beach this morning. I was just looking out at the water and it was just amazing. And, and I was actually dwelling on this very verse and I was thinking, wow, the purposes of a, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters. I was looking out at the deep water and I thought, my goodness, Sometimes my purposes are so far down in that deep water, I really do need insight to actually draw it out. Uh, the the uh, other meanings of that word insight are understanding, ability, skill, and wisdom. So if we look at that word insight and we think of it as wisdom or skill or ability... Now, we actually realize that sometimes our purposes elude us because we need to ask the Lord for wisdom and skill and understanding and ability to actually draw out the purpose. The purpose is in us. It's in us. It may be very, very deep down. It may be stuffed down with a whole lot of disappointment, even shame, 
fear, uh, failures of the past, but they're still in there. And that's sometimes why we, we still have this little agitation as believers. And we might even say sometimes it's easier to be an unbeliever than to be a called believer with an unreleased vision. Do you know what I mean by that? Because as believers, when we become born again, we have the gospel, we have the cleansing power of Jesus' blood, it washes us, we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we may get fired up in vision and purpose of life, and we understand things that we never understood before. We read scripture and it highlights things of creation and, and all this sort of stuff. And then the years go by and the, and the purposes may get deeper and deeper and deeper, stuffed down into some disappointment and trials and tribulations and failures. And this is the human journey. I don't know a human, I've never heard of a human, who's ever exceeded in anything, who hasn't had failures and struggles and trials. So if you're in that pose today, you're in very good company. Every single other person in this room has been through that process or is going through that process. And so it's one of those times that I'm, I'm going to read from Habakkuk chapter 2. I've read for this so many times that I think you'll know it off by heart. And many of you know this, but it's, it's almost like the vision passage. And sometimes in our life when we're seeking the purpose of God for our lives, we need vision. And so, um, and I just want to explore that a little bit more today. And so Habakkuk says in chapter 2 verse 1, I will stand on my guard post. And station myself on the rampart, and I'll keep watch to see what he will speak to me. If you are in a position in your life where you're waiting on the Lord, where you, the breakthrough isn't coming, you don't know what the future holds, then get on your prayer watch. Be waiting for the word of the Lord. I am... Um, Duncan, I was sharing this with Duncan, just, just some of our journey and, and just life, I suppose. And he said something to me that I'll, I'll probably quote for the rest of my life. It's just one of those easy phrases to remember. That so many of us in, in life, we, we feel an urge or a push to do something. And we feel a push, and so we act on it. But he said it's far better when we get the push to wait for the pull as well. And I thought, wow, that's really good. We sometimes get a push towards something and we jump, but there wasn't actually a drawing. There wasn't a pulling, pulling us to that thing. And so I think it's really, really good to remember that when we're desiring things, when we're asking the Lord for the breakthrough and the vision and the purposes of God, to wait for the pull as well, not just jump on our push. Because when we jump on our push, it can be very one-sided and soulish. And that's often when we hit the disappointment and then we give up. And so he says, and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. There may be one person that that, that word is for you today. The vision of your life will not fail. Maybe you've thought it has. Maybe you thought he's passed me by. My time, my season is done. I've failed too many times or I just haven't got what it takes. The word of God says it will not fail. That what's the posture we're to be in? Standing on our rampart. Listening for how he may reprove us. Listening to what he might say. There's a posture of our heart to finding the purpose and the provision. It's the waiting on him. Waiting for the, we might have the push, waiting for the pull into his will, into his confirmed purposes for our life. 
I, um, I, I, it's easy for me to give examples of, um, of our business journey because for us, that was a, a season for us where uh, we saw incredible fruit, incredible fruit released. And, and even at the time, we didn't really know what I, I remember saying to the Lord, well, what, what did I do to release this favor? It was no, you know, it's some of the greatest things in our life have never been prophesied to us. Think about that for a minute. How much do we yearn for someone to give us a prophetic word? Some of the greatest things probably in your life have never been prophesied to you. Why? Because the Lord keeps those treasures for you. He keeps those treasures. He wants to be intimate with you and release his word to you. Maybe not through another man or, or a woman. We love prophecy and we'll go for it and we'll release prophetic words. But sometimes we're yearning for that when he wants to release his word to us. He wants to release vision to us. I'm telling you, when you get it direct from him, you never forget it. I can remember there's probably maybe four or five times throughout my life where I've really heard, um, I wouldn't say the audible voice of the Lord, but I would say, um, see, it's my logical side, right? Coming out right now. I'm trying to analyze what, what, was, what was it. I don't know what it was, but it was the voice of the Lord, okay? Um, but I knew it was him, and it was very short, and it was only a few words. And in each of those times, I can, I can remember it more than just about any other prophetic word I've ever had. And isn't it interesting how the Lord speaks to us so short? He just speaks to us just these few words sometimes, but they're a word in season. They're a word of truth or clarity or life, and we can remember them. And that, that's the things that will sustain us through the times where we're seeking the vision. But one of the things that we often, I mean, the Bible says don't worry about tomorrow because today's got enough issues for itself. And, and so we can sometimes be planning for tomorrow. And I'm a planner. I like planning. I, I think about next year and all that sort of stuff. And in a practical level, it's good to do. But the theme of what that's saying is don't stress about tomorrow. Don't worry about it because worry causes anxiety. Anxiety causes physical malfunctions of our body. It's not good for us to stress and have worry and anxiety. And so we leave those things with the Lord and we say, okay, Lord, what I'm going to do is, is succeed in my current assignment. Succeed in my current assignment. Sometimes we are so quick to move on to the next thing or to desire the next thing or the next breakthrough or, you know, greater things, when right in front of us is an opportunity. Right in front of us is an opportunity to do really, really well, to succeed, to conquer, to, to get an A plus in that current assignment rather than a C, just passing through. And when we succeed in that, he can trust us with the greater. He can trust us with more. So it might be your prayer life. It might be our relationships it might be our finances. It might be our families. Any of these areas are key pillars of life for getting released into the next level. If we fail in these areas, generally we will fail in the greater things. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather have a small failure that not many people see than a really big failure that everyone can see. And so I'm okay with him correcting me. I'm okay with him correcting me. And I allow that time of sanctification for him to correct me so that he can, he can get it early, so to speak. He can get it early rather than let it expanding out so then it has an impact on more people and it has a larger effect. Get it early. 
And that's, that's the good thing about succeeding at whatever, whatever he's given you right now, whatever is on your plate, enjoy it. Enjoy it. You might say, start throwing stones at me this morning. <laughs> Depending on what stage you're at in life. But James says that, have joy even in your trials. Even in your trials, have joy. It's a fruit of the Spirit, remember? Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. If we have the Holy Spirit, if we're born again, we believe in Him, we're filled with His presence, we're filled with His Spirit, then we are to evidence His fruit. See, some of us, I believe, even in Christianity, it's so easy to give ourselves a, an outlet or um, an excuse for not evidencing the fruits of the Spirit because we don't feel like evidencing the fruits of the Spirit. But the Bible doesn't say that. It actually just says, we will. We will. We will. We will evidence the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are these. And we can actually be witnesses to Jesus because of the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. And so whatever you're going through now, it's a perfect opportunity to release the fruit of the Spirit. Whatever it is in your situation, even if you're waiting, though it tarries, wait for it, Habakkuk says, for it will certainly come, it will not delay. It will not delay. And, you know, I shared, I've shared a lot about our story, you know, in, in business and in stretching times. And uh, we've all been through these sorts of times. But I'm telling you that when you're in that season, these are words of liquid gold, aren't they? It's like liquid gold. It's like, wow, his word says, not a man, not anyone else, not TV or anything like that. The word of God says, though it tarry, though it linger, it will not delay. Because he knows the perfect timing. He knows his purposes for your life and my life. Sometimes we actually forget about the sovereignty of God. I'm, I'm what you call a hybrid when it comes to this stuff. Arminianism and Calvinism joint together, mangled together, and, and I pick and choose whichever one I want depending on my circumstances. <laughs> I mean that sort of jokingly, but... So you, if, if you want to broad brush it for a moment, you've generally got Pentecostal movement worldwide, which is generally in the Arminianism camp, which is man's responsibility. Man's responsibility. Man to accomplish the kingdom of God and to release the kingdom of God. And to see God's power and salvation brought to earth through our responsibility to actually release heaven, release the kingdom of God. What's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. And then you've got Calvinism that believes in the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign. God is in control of everything. He will use and elect and pre-select whomever he wants, and he will scatter his gifts according to his will and purpose. What's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. It's totally scriptural. But when we look at them both together, we can actually see God is sovereign, and whatever you're going through, even though you think, how could this be God? Romans says he works all of those things for his purposes. So when we look at our lives, we say we've got a responsibility to understand the sovereignty of God. We've got a responsibility to understand what he's giving us to operate in and to function in. So the two work together. The two work together. Don't you love that? Then you can't offend either camp. I mean, it's like a win-win. When in life do you get a win-win? It's very rare, isn't it? 
Well, I've just given you a win-win this morning. If you want to have a doctrinal or theological argument with someone, there you go. You've got a win-win. Anyway, and if you didn't know what I'm saying, then who cares? <laughs> just enjoy. <laughs> Proverbs 19.21 says this about purpose. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now, if you were to read that as a Calvinist, you would say, whoa, that's the sovereignty of God. That's the sovereignty of God. If you read it as an Arminianist, then you would say, wow, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. You would say, well, it's about my responsibility and desires. And when you put the two together, you see that he wants to use you and me in our hearts, our desires. It just takes him to actually draw them out. He put them there in the first place. He put those desires there. That's probably why there's frustration sometimes in life because it's a God desire which is bigger than the flesh desire. Our flesh can't handle it or maybe isn't ready for it yet. So our flesh is like intention. It's intention. It doesn't know what to do with the call of God. It doesn't know what to do with the vision of God. It doesn't know what to do with the godness in our humanity. Otherwise, we've got this thing going on, which is attention. Though it tarries, wait for it. it. This is a word for someone here this morning. I can feel it, even that word, wait for it. Though it tarry, though it linger in other translations. Wait for it. Wait for the push and the pull. If you run on the push, you'll jump off the cliff. If you wait for the push and the pull, well, there'll be a bridge taking you over. And I just, I just think that's such an amazing analogy because it brings balance to just running all the time after different things. Don't you get sick of running after different things and then the door closes? I, I'm, I don't know about you, but I, I do. And so now I'm slow to open any new door. Any new door. Even to the point of, you know, even new you know, speakers around the world and stuff like that, I, I give it quite a lot of time before I uh, will ever mention anyone publicly or tell anyone about anyone. I just give it time. I just give it time. It's like, okay, I'm just going to follow, watch the fruit, listen a little bit more and just see what, see what the evidence and the balance and all this sort of rather than just, you know, as soon as someone comes along with a great website and a great, you know, testimony from six years ago in Africa or something like that and, and then just sort of jumping on the bandwagon. It's, it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. But to actually carry out the purposes of God, we actually dwell on things, don't we? We dwell on things and we look for the Lord to draw these things out. Remember, sometimes they're very, very deep down, very deep down. Romans 8.28, I quoted it before, says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. If you're a believer in Jesus, you've been called. You're already called. You don't have to wonder, am I called? Do I have a purpose here in, on earth? It, would it be better if I just sort of, you know, rolled over and died? And, you know, these are the thoughts sometimes we have, aren't they, when we're feeling very bad about ourselves. I, you know, and depression can be a very, very heavy thing. I'm not making light of that. But what I'm saying is that every single person, when they have an awakening of the salvation experience and realize Jesus died for me, Jesus is the reason I'm alive. And for him, I live. And when we posture ourselves like that, we, we can actually be really firm 
He has called you according to his purpose. When we align our purpose with his purpose, it releases breakthrough. Sometimes we struggle for years and years and years because all we want is our purpose. We forget about his purpose. And if we're very, uh, very unself-aware, then actually people might have been telling us for years, hang on, why don't you just adjust that tone a little bit or why don't you just operate a little bit differently but we haven't been listening because we've been wanting our purpose our purpose our purpose no wonder we create frustration because we need to align his purpose with our purpose and the second thing is provision sometimes we have the have the heart we have our hearts right we are well acquainted with the lord and his voice over our life but sometimes the provision is not there and i'm not just talking about money but money is a big part about it I'm talking also about maybe the capacity, capacity, the awareness, the maturity, all of these things that are so good for us to grow in all the time, all the time, capacity, self-awareness and leadership capabilities and our communication with other people and how we affect other people, how can we influence other people for the gospel and for the kingdom and, and all of these things. But money is a, is a bit of a part of that as well. Well... I want to give you a golden nugget this morning. Are you ready? It's, it's so simple you, you could miss it. Success grows in millimeters. It grows in millimeters. Now, how do I know that? Because I know in business, I remember, hmm, I don't know how many years ago now, but um, I'll say at least sort of 18, 18 years ago, a few years before we actually bought our first business and started it, I remember Karen and I were on a holiday in Queensland and I think we just had George then. And, um, and we, were, we were on a normal holiday. I had this clunky old laptop. Remember those clunky old things? It was like as fat as this. And, you know, it just takes about three hours to turn on. And you, you don't turn it off because it just takes that long to turn back on again. Um, I think it had Windows 95 or something like that. Anyway, so I remember this old grey brick of a thing. And um, on that, pretty much the whole time, apart from I spent quality time with, you know, Karen, of course, but whenever I was just sort of in the afternoon, just had time, I was spending on this clunky thing doing a business plan. Now, this was years before we were in business. But I remember doing that and I just went o over different versions and different versions and I did one. I can still remember some of the names that I titled. And so I had this vision. I didn't have the provision, but I had a vision, but I had a little drop of purpose. God was calling me to business. I knew that. Well, I thought that. Actually, I couldn't say I knew it. I thought it. It wasn't evidencing in front of me. I couldn't see it. I was working for other people. It was going fine. There was no vis visible evidence that this was going to happen other than I began in increments. I began the cycle of success in very small millimetres. And one millimetre was, I'm going to write a business plan. I didn't know how to write a business plan. No one ever gave me a lesson. And so I just began to, you know, get some information and I began to write. I began to write. Now, what ended up happening was nothing like what I wrote in that original business plan. But it was a millimetre. It was advancing the vision a little bit forward. 
And for some of us, we get frustrated because in a year or two or three or whatever it might be, you know, it doesn't happen the way we thought. Well, let me give you another nugget. It probably won't happen the way you think. It just won't. His ways are higher than your ways. And thank God they are. Because if it all mapped out the way I proposed it, I mean, it just would have been not very good. So I'm glad he's in control. I'm glad he's sovereign. I'm glad I can trust that he wants to draw out his desires in me because he doesn't want to draw out my desires. He transforms my desires to be his desires. And that's when we come into alignment with his heart. We say, Lord, sure, what am I passionate about? What do I love doing? What can I see for my life? But what do you see? What, do, what have you put in me? What are you drawing out of me? What are you calling me to? And submit ourselves to the hand of God who actually wants to speak to us and talk to us and tell us things, often in ways we can't imagine. And so for me, actually writing down the vision, as Habakkuk says, and actually beginning a business plan years before I could really sense the actual thing, it began the incremental process of unveiling the purposes of God. And so I reckon I probably did 40 or 50 versions of that thing over the next year or two and um, just kept, kept going over it and I'd skim through it. I knew the thing back to front and I think Karen was sick of me sitting at that thing and doing that. But, but this is the process of vision being unleashed. It doesn't just drop on your head one day unless you're Isaac Newton or someone like that. But uh, it, it doesn't just come to you with a check, with all of this breakthrough anointing on it and say, okay, you're now released. It's incremental. Success is incremental. And so um, the one thing we can be certain about, Second Chronicles 16, 9, I've quoted this again recently because I think this is a great verse for us who are seeking the next, the next stage, the next level, the next season for our lives. This is great confidence to us. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He's fully committed to your vision if you're his. If you're his son or daughter and your heart is his and you've given over to him and you said, Lord, whatever you want, do. But put some passion in me. Put some desire in me. Put some practical, incremental things in my life so that I can see the next, next stage. Norm, remember, he'll give you a millimeter, not a meter. We want the meter. We want the whole thing. We want the job promotion. Have we earned the job promotion? Have we succeeded in the current assignment? People only get promoted when they succeed in their current position. It used to be fascinating in, um, when we had you know, over 500 employees at, at one stage in our business. And it's fascinating seeing the dynamics of people, the people who put their hand up for, you know, for the next level jobs. And sort of you look through all the CVs and you think, my goodness, some people need a good shot of self-awareness because they've been at this level and they're bagging out me and the other bosses and now they want to be at this level. As if you're going to promote someone and give someone more influence when they're not being successful and honourable at this level. It's exactly the same in the kingdom. If we cannot be honourable and trustworthy and good stewards and loving and all of those qualities bearing the fruit of the kingdom at the current assignment, we probably won't see the next assignment. Or if we do, we will push and make it happen and it will fail. 
It will cause frustration because when we war against the purposes of God in our life, it causes tension. Tension in us, tension in other close relationships, and, and you can sense it. You can sense it on yourself. And so we want what he wants for us. When we put him and his desires above ours, he transfers his into ours and we become his. And then we actually flow in his heart. And then, I mean, it makes, it makes uh, yes, it's taken 41 years for me to get a snippet of this, okay? A snippet. But I'm telling you, it brings so much peace. I've spoken about this in the last few weeks. But if you do not live in peace, have some self-awareness. Something is wrong. Something in your life is not aligned with his heart because he doesn't want you to live in frustration and stress and panic and anxiety and fear. These are not fruits of the Spirit. They are fruits of the other world. And we don't live from the other world. We live from the kingdom of God. And it, this is just like a, a, a self-awareness session, I know, this morning. And, uh, but it's good. I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I might even listen to my own podcast this week. <laughs> I want to summarize this whole deal very simply. I, I was really praying on this this week because it's very easy to hear this stuff. It's even easy to say this stuff. But I know for some of us it's really practical. It's like, all right, that's all well and good. But, um, you know, how's reading Habakkuk for the 14,000th time really going to help me in releasing the career or the opportunity, the relationship, the, the next stage of my life or, or whatever it might be? Well, I hope, hope there's some quality I've been able to give you so far. But here's what I believe is really scriptural. And what I see playing out in my life and the lives of many other people, and that is... God works through both anointings. He works through the natural anointing and he works through the supernatural anointing. I want to give you a couple of examples here. Um, actually, the book of James calls it faith and works. Faith is the supernatural part. Works is the natural part. Now, there's been many an argument set over history about is it faith or is it works that we see salvation? And most people these days will say, well, it's, it's both. I love R.T. Kendall's quote about this doctrine. He says, we believe in faith and faith alone. But faith is never alone. It's accompanied by works. And so we can see a person's faith by their works. And that's what the book of James chapter 2 says. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, we say we have faith in God. We say we believe him for the miraculous or for the breakthrough or for promotion or for influence in society. What are we doing about it in the natural not just declaring about it and sort of, you know, way out there and, and getting all hyper-spiritual and looking at, at every prophetic word that's floating around the world and taking that as ours and believing a ministry is going to drop in our lap. It will not happen if we're not honorable here. It will not happen if we cannot honor good, godly alignment and leadership. It doesn't just flow like that. It's a kingdom. There's a chain of command. And it's not my chain of command. It's his. And I honor him for that because I see that family anointing flowing and bringing strength and unity and life and purpose and vision. And so I think 
that purpose and provision is brought about when we actually operate in both dimensions well, not just spiritually well, but naturally well. I'll give you another example. Nehemiah, Nehemiah knew that when he was rebuilding the city of Jerusalem, he asked the king, can I go and rebuild Jerusalem? It's been desolate, it's been burnt. Nehemiah the prophet, I mean, he probably wasn't uh, known to be a city builder, but God put a prophetic word in his mouth. But how did it come about? How did the vision come about? In a very practical way. He didn't just stand on the city of Jerusalem, blow the shofar and decree a prophecy over the land and everything just rise up, did he? No, he got bricks in one hand and swords in the other hand, double the anointing, one to defend off the attack, one to rebuild the city. And that prophetic seed that was in him became works. And this is how it works with us. The word of God becomes alive in us when we begin to evidence the kingdom. And it can be very small. Tomorrow, this afternoon, whatever it is, maybe it's one millimeter that you can take by saying, Lord, I'm going to do the one millimeter really well. It's small. It's small. I mean, it could be tiny. It could be men putting the toilet seat down. And I've got a whole lot of conviction on me right now. Just, just Sometimes we go for the massive, you know, Tuna way out there when there's schools of, you know, beautiful whiting just sitting in front of us, isn't there? You know, we're just going for the massive things. And so it can be really incremental. Do well whatever assignment he's got in front of you right now. Just blow it out of the park. Blow it out of the park. Be so positive. Be, bear so much fruit in the kingdom right now. Tomorrow morning, I know it's Monday morning. Do whatever you have to do. Have a triple shot. You know, anything. Just get in that posture where you do really well with the current assignment. Succeed in it. A plus. Advance in it. Excel in it better than anyone you've seen. Set a new benchmark of faith and works. Faith and works. Because when we really believe this, we begin to evidence it. And you can actually feel it come alive, can't you? When you begin to see these things, wow, that's actually real. That's the Word of God coming alive in us. And it's an amazing thing. I want to give you one final example. And I've, I've said this many times. And this is spoken about of David, Psalm 78, 72. And it says, So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with his skillful hands. This is the double anointing. It's the supernatural and the natural. It's the faith and the works. The faith or the supernatural is the integrity of his heart. The integrity of his heart. Remember, he's shepherding sheep, okay? You know, how integrous do you have to be with sheep? I don't know. We'll have some soon. I'll tell you in a few months' time. Um, but he guided them with the skillfulness of his hands. See, integrity of, of heart wasn't enough. He then had to release the works from his being, from his body, by skill. And he advanced the kingdom and then he got promoted because God knew he had integrity in his heart, but he also evidenced skillfulness in his hands. So the integrity bore fruit for the kingdom of God. And I believe that's what we're called to do when we're looking for our purpose, when we're looking for provision. Uh, I think these two things go together. Sometimes we're just going after the provision. Lord, when you finally you know, release enough money or release enough capacity or whatever it is, then I'll actually do this. No, do whatever he's asking you to do really, really, really well right now, today, this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow morning, throughout this week. Millimeter increases compound and release greatness, release great things. 
And I know for, for my life that anything that I've done, it sure, there's sometimes there's leaps and bounds that happen, but they're few and far between. And they happen almost spontaneously without you even having to do anything. Why? Because you've been honourable with the millimetre success along the way. And so I know it can be a frustrating time. When, when you hear things like this, you may want to slap me on the face afterwards, you know. We'll have a punching bag in the gym. You can just go, go for it crazy in there afterwards. I believe God wants to release your best and my best. He doesn't want frustrated sons and daughters. He wants victorious sons and daughters who know who they are and how to release the kingdom of God without frustration, without anxiety, without all the stresses of life. And we know how to be overcomers. When we combine his purpose with our purpose, his vision with our heart, and we combine those anointings and we succeed in the increments, I believe that's when we begin to advance the kingdom. And you think about it, you know, hundreds of people advancing the kingdom of God together. It's a phenomenal tidal wave in a region, isn't it? The influence is incredible. This week we, we had the school extravaganza, college, Southern Vales College extravaganza, and you know the place was absolutely packed, and, and we had a lot of the uh, year 12s showing their creative pieces and the gym full of artwork, and, and, um, and I was talking to Robert Brokenshire, and he's just like, this is, this is phenomenal. You guys need to know how phenomenal this is. We can forget the influence that we have. We can forget the influence sometimes that we have, the creativity, the design that he's put inside of us. And we've stumbled before because we haven't quite got it right. But when we get his purpose, stuff it with our purpose, connect the two together, run in faith and works, we can begin to see influence increase. And I believe that's God's heart in our region, Onkaparinga region and beyond is he desires to influence this region with his love and his power. When you combine love and power together, it's an amazing concoction of the glory of God, isn't it? And so let's stand with me this morning. Thanks, that's awesome. Just lift your hands and um, if, if, if you're needing just some help with the increments, then ask him for help. Because Luke chapter 11 promises you, if you ask him in his name and in his will, he will give it to you. How much more does he want to release these good things, this vision and purpose and provision and life and hope and destiny and power and love and influence in your life? Even today, I believe it can begin right now. It can begin right now. Jesus, we look to you. We don't look to a man or a method. We look to you, the person of Jesus Christ, who died and rose again, who lives in us, who breathes, and, and all creation worships you. And today, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would just wash away disappointments, wash away fears, wash away times when we've got it wrong, where we've stuffed it up. And Lord, I pray that you would replace that with your will, with your life. Your purposes become our purposes. Your kingdom becomes ours. And Lord, we begin to live and desire those things that are on your heart. I, begin, I, I ask, Lord, that you would begin to turn around situations. Turn around situations where there's been fruitlessness, you will make it fruitful. Lord, where there's been frustration, you will help us to succeed in tomorrow's increment. Succeed in next week's 
increment. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to be an honorable people at whatever capacity you've given us. That we would show so much honor, so much grace, so much faith. That faith and works would combine to become an incredible power within us. Faith in you and evidencing you. And Lord, I just pray a release of faith and works. It's, it's incredible when we absorb this and begin to release this. Your word of faith and works over us as a Harvest Church family. Faith and works. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. That you would even right now, Holy Spirit, come and fill us with the enabling power to do well the assignment you have right in front of us. Holy Spirit, the advocate, the helper, the counselor, come, come, come upon us, come in us and fill us with your presence and your power that overcomes every other force of the enemy. And Lord, I pray for fresh hope. Fresh infilling strength to see again, to believe again, to hear again. That though it linger, it will not delay. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I pray for even this week an abiding presence of Jesus to be with us. To remind us of your word, faith and works. Faith and works, the supernatural and the natural. This combining power of heaven and earth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for every family, every person here this morning. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would prosper them. I pray that you would speak to them intimately your words of love, your words of destiny, your words of hope and truth. Lord, I pray you would correct us when we need correcting. You would align us when we need aligning. Lord, I pray for great things to be released. Great things to be released. Great things to be manifest in our lives as we honor what you've given us right now. Lord, I pray peace over every home, peace over every marriage, peace over every family represented here. I pray healing to sickness in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray hope to the destitute. Lord, I pray life where there has been no life. I pray for open doors where there's been blockages. And Lord, we pray for the kingdom of God to be released in and through us in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.